As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by This Is Bracket Racing Elite. If you're ready to take your game to the next level, who better to lead the way than our own Luke Bogacki? Check out This Is Bracket Racing Elite today. In addition, today's podcast is presented by the Mosier Great American Bracket Race and Dream Team Challenge. Memorial Day weekend, Britt Cummings and Galen Rollison will host the inaugural Great American $20,000 Bracket Race and Scog and Dickey Dream Team Challenge at Memphis International Raceway. Check them out on Facebook to stay up to date with all updates and news. This week on What Everyone Is Talking About. Big show this week, Big Jed. Are you ready? I'm pumped up. Fire Man, up. I can't wait. We've got Lynn Ellison coming on with us reigning NHRA top dragster world champion. We've got a special guest appearance a little bit later in the show from our newest um, field reporter. Yeah, correspondent, whatever, correspondent. whatever he is. Yeah, I like that. That's even better. Correspondent. <laughs> Mr. The One, The Only, J.J. Pennington. As Mark said earlier, the people love J.J. That's, yeah, that's I'm looking forward to it. I sure do. me too big jeff me too before we get to that let's take a little look back on last week big jeff we had kevin mckenna on with us we picked our we we made our picks for the nhra world champions 2018 how you feel about your team a week removed from it well i feel like i took some shots i feel like i got some solid top 10 finishers kind of on a yearly basis and i reached a little bit on some that i think are going to get over the hump this year so i am uh, very optimistic about my team this year luke and yourself well seeing as no one has lit a stage bulb yet yeah i, I knocked it out of the park man I, i'm all the way i think what do we pick six classes I got all six. No doubt in my mind. What uh, I got some good feedback. I got several messages saying, uh, I, when I say several, I think there was two. But glad to, <laughs> glad to hear that you guys are listening. The, the two of you, you know who you are. That said, hey, my singular goal for the first half of the season is to be redrafted. You know, like I, I didn't make the initial list, but come June or July, you're going to have to call my name. So I like that. Mm. That's, a, that's a good look. Did you get any negative feedback, Big Jed? I did not. Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> Just a little bit. Like, you know, how could you not pick me? And I don't I don't need to say who it is because he knows who it is. And I don't really know how I couldn't pick you, but just messed up, I guess. Well, nonetheless. In his okay. defense, the racer in question, this was part of a group message. And I guess I won't call out names, but if you're a regular listener, you're going to figure this out. The, the racer in question, Jed, last year we picked three drivers each in six classes and then in june we redraft so you had the opportunity to name like 36 different drivers in nhra competition is that accurate yeah. 
I'd say it is, yes. Out of that, you managed to get one right. One. Hmm. And that's the driver that you failed to pick in 2018. So in his defense, Hmm. like I can see where he's coming from, Jed. Well, I can too, and I don't blame him for uh, bringing it to my attention. I I guess I'm not much on thinking that people repeat in certain classes, but... That's also fair. In your defense, I did have, uh, what, I had three champions last year. I did pick up John LaBouche Jr. again, but I didn't get Jeffrey Barker, and I didn't get Justin Lamb. But I believe, I'd have to go back and listen to the show, I don't think either of them were available to me. The racer in question, you just skipped right over. <laughs> so, I mean, so this is how we're going to do this show. Uh, <laughs> okay, I messed up. All right, I'm not real good at picking winners, so I feel sorry for my teammates that I've gone with thus far. Expect to be dumped, each and every one of you, when the redraft comes, if you're not performing well. It's just how I roll. I'm not sticking just- with anybody that's getting their head caved in. Hey, what, so- it, what Baby Gap Slate Cummings told me one time. It's not personal, but it's just business. <laughs> That's exactly right. So It's just business. We'll, we'll see how y'all start the season about halfway through. If you suck, you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> Hang in there, A-Dub. Yeah, go Team Luke. A-Dub. <clears throat> Big Jed, before we get to this jam-packed show, let's start it off like we always started off. Let's tell everybody who's hot in the world of sportsman drag racing. He's on fire! It's time for Who's Hot in Sportsman Drag Racing. Seabird Performance Who's Hot. Seabird Performance can handle all of your engine needs. If you are looking for a 4150 carburetor that delivers the ultimate in performance, look no further than Seabird Performance Pro Series Billet 4150 carburetors. Check them out on Facebook for more information. So Luke, we, uh, it's practice tree season. There's not a lot of racing going on. Yeah, next week... The Winter Nationals will be in the in the rearview mirror. We'll probably get to talk about somebody that won a race or doubled up or turned it loose, double O, six rounds in a row or something cool. But for now, we're going to keep with the trend that we've established for the last month or so. And we're going to keep our who's hot within the practice tree uh, community, genre, whatever we're going there. This was actually something you picked up on. It was in your neck of the woods. So I'll let you take it, Big Jed. Yep, in North Alabama. Rome Royster and uh, Jimmy Callaway, they've been doing a practice tree race up there for quite some time. And your your years in North Alabama, I'm sure you're familiar and remember this event. But I think I've been to that uh, once. At yeah, least. I think you have. But this year, the $5,000 big winner was our man Heath Davis out of Coleman, Alabama, OHD, getting it done on the top in the the uh, practice tree race and collect him a $5,000 check to get his year started. So congratulations to Heath for being the Seabrook performance. Who's hot driver of the uh, week. And, you know, Heath is very talented on the track as well. We, he may be a repeat at some time this year. boy, HD. Hearing them go on and on. So you can prove them all wrong. Only thing that matters is who turns the time for the big interview on the sportsman drag racing podcast with luke and jed all right guys joining us now is an eight-time national event champion in three different classes he's won 14 times on the divisional level in five different categories which is extremely impressive he's a former u.s nationals winner in 2012 and the reigning 2017 top dragster world champion lynn ellison great to have you on the show appreciate you joining us tonight thank you guys it's an honor and uh whatever you say it like that all together i'm like i don't know who they're talking about but that guy sounds okay so, <laughs> pretty darn me. impressive <laughs> thank you yeah i'm uh i'm very very blessed and very lucky well, it's, uh, there's some talent sprinkled in there, too, my friend. Great season, and that's what we want to start off talking about. You know, we want you to walk us through the 2017 season. You know, did it start off with the visions of winning a title, or did you realize that at some point during the season and just turned around for you? I will totally be honest with you. Uh, everybody always likes to say that they never thought about it. We just, if we did good, we might chase it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, 100% that was the goal from January, actually from the year before uh, my, in 16, 
Madison was just getting started in drag racing. My daughter runs top dragster also, and she's done great. We started her at like seven O's and, and brought her up each year or each race. We would try to get her faster. I had some engine troubles, didn't have a great season. Thought we had good cars, and, but the goal was to get both cars run the same. Both cars are real similar. Both cars are on nitrous. We want them to go both, both go low thirties and high twenties and literally felt that we had everything went right. And I would keep my head on straight that that was the goal and we set out to do it we um started the season off really good uh went to atlanta madison did better than me i think she got out eight cars but her car was solid my car was great and then uh, we went to our second race was the sports nationals and at beach bend and it's kind of like a uk playing at rough arena if i'm gonna make any hay i better make hay at at, at my home track and uh, we won the sports nationals which is a big honor for us and then knew that with the way the points are and the amount of races in top dragster, it's a little different than the other categories. You can't, you only get to claim your best three of your first five nationals, but that was a great way to go. And then uh, really started doing good and, and struggled just a little in July at Topeka, like really should have won Topeka and at eight cars, Mike Green was a five foul package on and i'm eight and get out of the car i'm like dude he's like i never saw you but anyway (laughs) one of those things (laughs) he did great he beat me and thought we were going to win that race and then then we got hot won columbus runner up to indy runner up to bowling green and then to make a long story short we went to uh and i'd like to expound on it a little bit but went to uh noble and got down to four cars and again I mean, made my exact run I was supposed to make, and uh, Russell Reese had a 5,000 package on me, and so we had to find out where the ratchet straps were. But the bottom line was we sat and waited, and nobody could pass us, and it was an excellent year, and it was awesome. And I know that was the goal when we started out was to win the world. It was always on my mind. That was our ultimate goal. I would have bet against us, but, but I'm really <laughs> glad and really proud we did it. Well, I mean, the odds are pretty long. And a couple of things I want to expound on there from what you talked about, Lenny. First off, you you throw out two rounds, both late in competition, where you got to feel like you're rolling, like there's a pretty good chance you're going to win the event. And you run into a buzzsaw twice. You said it to PK Noble, 5,000 packages against you. Usually that's not the story that comes from the world champion. Usually that's the guy that finishes third or fourth and says a round or two here, a round or two there to be able to overcome that. And, and still hold the trophy and, and go up on stage in November, that, that's that got to be pretty special. It really was. And and actually, when it happened in Topeka, I actually thought that's – Right. I, you know what I'm talking about, Luke. I, when, I, when I didn't win that race and when I ran into him, I really thought that was the end of the championship, and I really started hoping for a top ten. And But, I mean, I'm rolling really good. I'm driving good. I know what the car is going to go. I know where I'm sitting on the tree. I let go and know it's really where it's supposed to be. And we leave and the nitrous comes on and everything's going down through there. And I know it's only six seconds, but it's just like you in a four second race, you know, where you're supposed to be on the track. We made so many runs and I wasn't where I was supposed to be. I got on the override and dumped. And dude gets out of the car and goes, man, I didn't see, but he's got a spitzer. He can't see me. It's great big. He can't see out of it if he's in front. And he goes, I never saw you. Did you shake? And I'm like, dude, I, I don't know, but I know I was 15 or better. And I know I sprayed and dumped. And I think I went dead on. I bet you were five or better and was dead on. And sure enough, that's what it was. So, but that happened. And then, and then, yeah, I mean, Rolf, who's a great racer. Don't want to take anything away from him, but I'm rolling really good, setting setting 12 my normal 12 and uh, i'm 11 go dead on and he's or something real close and he's never been he was not better than 40 the whole race and except me which doesn't matter they they, they dealt me right out of there so <laughs> no, you know, nothing you can do. yeah and obviously so. you left noble in pretty good position but a win like there and certainly a win in the final i think puts it completely out of reach so that one had to sting as well Right. Absolutely. If I, if we win the final and we knew at that point that if we left Noble with the trophy, 
it was all but over. Right. And when we left Noble, we were leaving, but it wasn't locked up. So that was, uh, I mean, and there was a lot. I mean, when Kevin Brandon has a shot at you, when Jeff Strickland has a shot at you, and no disrespect to anybody on the West Coast because there was a handful on the West Coast, but when those two guys have a shot at you, it ain't over. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah, no sleeping easy at that point. I know, right. like, listening to you, you obviously, you're realistic coming in and realize that the odds of actually winning the championship are, are, are tall for anybody. But I know for the past several seasons, you've mentioned uh, in 16, you had some engine problems and kind of fought things the bulk of the year. But basically, since Top Dragster became a national class, at least from my vantage point, you've been in the thick of it a bunch. What? I, whether it was in top dragster or back in your in your early days in the super classes, like prior to this season, what had been your best national finish points wise? Uh, finished third in super gas in '93, chased it all the way to Pomona, and know how the the Chris guy, I forget his name, uh, that uh, that lost, how he felt. Uh, uh, you've done it. Uh, we've all done it. I mean, or not. Ever, we've been. I've been lucky to be, but. That's a tough feeling when you got to win third round. And I think I had to win third round. And third round, I took five thou or seven thou, eight thou, and broke out by two thousandths. I mean, mm-hmm. and and it's amazing. We don't, I can't tell you the numbers on races I won, but boy, I can tell you the ones on the ones I lost. So <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. Take us back to may and i know you you kind of brushed through winning the sports nationals at, at rup at, at your home track there and obviously looking back that was a pivotal moment in the championship chase but just knowing you and and seeing you in the aftermath of that victory that one was special wasn't it and it really was i um had so many people there that a lot of people come to race and and historically i'm horrible at bowling green at the big races because my our race team consists of myself my wife shannon my daughter madison and then brian horton that's our race team my dad comes to bowling green some friends and family come to bowling green but our race team is four people that's it and so that's kind of my comfort zone and and a little bit of a horses we're in sometimes especially on race day because i like shannon to do this and madison to do this and brian to do this and me to do this and i don't like deviating because I know if we're at a race where there's four of us, I know everything's ready to go when we pull the line. Well, and I appreciate and love everybody that come to the races, but we get a lot of fans and a lot of people around here that come and then everybody wants to help and putting fuel in the car is not a big deal. But if friend does it, I don't know if they did it like Madison does it or whatever. So historically I'm not that, that great there, but this year I really worked on putting that out of my mind really enjoying it. I'm getting older. We had a great birthday. It was my 50th birthday party. Scott Lemon, my partner with Collector Tethers and Drag Race Solutions came up. He and Nicole came up. We had an awesome party on uh, Friday night. It was a surprise party for us. The weather was actually phenomenal this year. And man, it was, and it just, and I started rolling and it's one of those things in top dragster is a little different than the big money bracket racing and, and maybe even super comp. I mean, in big money bracket racing and in super comp, you've got to be double O and your car, and you've got to execute on the other end. Well, there's a lot of times in top dragster you have to do that too, but these cars are so finicky to get down the racetrack, and it's a just a different animal. And sometimes you have to go into the mode where I don't need to lose this round, meaning a good solid 25 on the tree and going dead over one on knowing you can't break out is going to usually win the round it's kind of like playing texas hold'em i think i've got this guy beat i'm going in and then sometimes when you run jeff strickland or or there's lots of people out there but you pull up against jeff strickland you better not be setting 25 you better be ready to get get it on and we really had some tough racers at the sports nationals and and I've raced at Bowling Green enough that I feel comfortable on the tree and putting it in. And I kind of know when the sun's going down there, what to do. And it turned into a night race. And, and I know what to do when the, it gets dark there. And not a lot of people have the nerve to do what you got to do there. 
and it worked out. And man, it was really awesome to do it in front of my dad. He hadn't seen me win in a while in front of all the fans. I mean, there's probably 20 people there that were, were big fans of ours and great friends. And so, yeah, it was special. And take all that out. Sports nationals, in my opinion, are, is it's got to be right up there with the, not the U S nationals, but it's not far off of it for a sportsman racer that loves the history of drag racing. Like I do. No, I agree, especially now with it back at Bowling Green. It feels even more special. Right, yeah, no doubt. So, Lynn, you talked a little bit about it early on in the interview, but you had the semi in the National at Chicago. So that led to a, a busy August, which really set the tone for you. You had the trip to Topeka. You had the win in Columbus at the Divisional Runner-Up Indy Divisional the next week. That set up your Bowling Green event that you just discussed. I mean, what led to the hot streak? Was it... Did you refocus? Did you, you know, change your setup any or just things going your way? What was it? We have great cars that are better in hot weather, honestly. When the tracks get good and slick with these top dragsters, that separates them. And mm-hmm. when it's hot and slicky, our cars are the best. I mean, I just, I've told Luke this before in private. We've talked about it and I'm not the best driver. But I have really, really good cars. And then when the heat gets on and the sun's on the track, my cars, I'll leave two or three hundredths on 60 on the table. And, but my cars will go down and repeat. And the nitrous comes in, all of a sudden the nitrous changes where the, the air doesn't play a bigger role in the car moving. And all of a sudden my cars are just really, really good in the heat. As a matter of fact, we try to play to that because. And they're good in the, the, the cool weather, but all of a sudden, everybody's when the track's good, everybody can get down. When that track gets slick and you're needing to go sub one second, 60, and do it five times in a row over the course of a day, man, all of a sudden, it, those cars get really, really temperamental. And uh, yeah. that's the key. The key was the car. It wasn't me. Lenny, you go through that hot stretch in August, and we talked about winning the sports nationals at Bowling Green back in May, and then you... You win at Indy, or I'm sorry, win at Columbus, runner-up at Indy, and that leads back to Bowling Green, and you got to be on a high coming into that race. You're, you're on a roll. You're coming back to your home track. We had success early in the season, but that weekend didn't go as well. I mean, it ended well, but we talked about it a little bit on the podcast at the time after the divisional at Bowling Green, and I tried to rehash the sequence of events, but I was getting it third person, so I want to hear your account of the Bowling Green Division race. This account is going to make me look like the most stupid person in drag race. <laughs> That's not my aim because it, because it ends well and it's a good story. <laughs> well, well it, it ends well, but it should have ended better on the other, but it worked. But <laughs> we go to Bowling Green coming off of a win, a runner up Q1s on Friday. Madison does great. I do great. We qualify the cars run exactly what, and, and we work on, we dial them in before we make a run. I mean, we every time you see our cars, if you look at our cars on a qualifying run, there's going to be a number on the dial board, and, and that's what we think it's going to run. I mean, we we look at the track conditions. We look at everything, and we act just like it's eliminations. And I get out of the car before Shannon gets there with the ticket, and I have to tell her what my reaction time was, good or bad. I mean, we're not as drivers. We're not supposed to look up at the board. I mean, and sometimes they don't have it on the board. But anyway. So we make our first Q1's great. Well, I'm in the Mosier shootout, and I really appreciate Mosier for putting it on. And I'm never good at those races within a race, but I'm in the Mosier shootout. Well, everything's great. Load everything up. And we always, I start my cars to put them up because I want to make sure they're running and don't have to work on it anymore. So everything's cool. Jack the car up because the Mosier shootout's going out before Q2 on Saturday morning. I'm warming my car up. Shannon's still getting ready. Madison's helping doing whatever. And my crew chief or Madison's crew chief, Bond Horton, who's an instrumental part in our race team is over there doing something to Madison's car, looking clouds or something. And about 160 and getting it up to the temperature, we get it up to. And all of a sudden this thing makes a death squeal and I shut it off. And Brian runs over and he goes, what was that? And I'm like, man, I don't know, but, I think it lost oil pressure too. I'm like, I think it spun a bearing. He's like, it's what it sounded like. So I started right back up and it's 
squealing to beat the band and the oil pressure is not happy and I shut it off. I'm like, and we've got like 30 minutes to be in line for the Mosier shootout for the first round. And, and knowing all this along with getting ready for Q2 and Q3 when I'm at the time either leading or had just lost the, the lead to the world. Right. Very much in so, contention, right? Very much in contention. So anyway, I jump out and we, I'm like nothing to do, but start pulling the motor out of my car and, and put Madison's engine in my car. She runs out and says, what's going on? And I tell her, and she's like, yep. So she goes and gets wrenches and starts taking headers off. And Brian jumps on it while I run down and end up borrowing a guy's car, which was in the rules. The division director really was nice and looked at the rules and I got to drive a guy's car. Ended up getting beat in the semis in the Mosier shootout in a car I'd never set in before, which was cool. Won a couple rounds in that. But so get my crew's awesome. And another reason that it was cool at Beach Bend, everybody was there. They changed the engines. And we make Q2 with my car with Madison's engine in it. Everything goes good. Get to looking, and it's the stupid vacuum pump locked up. And I didn't have enough oil. I needed, I changed oil and didn't get enough oil back in the engine was what, what was back. So all that work was over a vacuum pump locking up. Right. So, I mean, and if it wasn't for the Mosier shootout, again, I'm glad they do it. If it was from Mosier shootout and I'd had another hour. I went, hold on before we do anything. Let's, let's start thinking this through a little bit, but right. anyway, long, long story short, it was me being an idiot and, and, and always thinking the worst. Especially that's you know, everybody says if you're leading a NASCAR race, you hear things at toward the end of the race. And, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm like, so anyway, bottom line is we did all that work and changed it. And we actually put it Madison's engine back in, or my engine in Madison's car. And she made round one. And somehow we got down to the finals in top dragster. And then Madison, who that was the first race she drove Brian Horton's car in super comp and she got to the finals in super comp. Right. so it was a great day for us but no it was all, it, it was all my fault all my fault i mean 100 percent. brian was there and he backed me up i mean and and luke you know how good of a, a good of a crew chief and good of a guy brian is but we both knew it was had spun a bearing right <laughs> it's understandable <laughs> So, Lynn, you, you closed out your run with deep runs at St. Louis and Noble, but obviously you talked a little bit about it. It was far from over. Tell us about sweating it out from the house while Vegas was going on with Mike Coughlin and, and Steve Kasner having a shot at you. I was in the best-case scenario. I mean, they, they either one of them, if they run her up, they don't pass us. So that's the best-case scenario. Well, luckily, it wasn't like one of them had to go two or three rounds. Had to win. Runner-up wouldn't do. So that was in my favor. Um, yeah, but that doesn't make it easy. still, <laughs> that doesn't make it easy. And I told somebody, I, I couldn't imagine being Johnny Laboose. I mean, he went to, what, four races and dodged the bullet every time. It would be, I, he did a great job and congratulations him winning the championship. But he, it would have been tough. But, uh, but anyway, no, we were there and then friday night they had two rounds i think or one anyway i think coughlin went out saturday night not friday night saturday night i think coughlin went out so that took some pressure off but cashner was still in so so anyway saturday or sunday morning some friends came over uh james wester and his wife sarah came over and a matter of fact i got to give pops to him because he let me drive his bracket car earlier which gave me confidence on hitting the tree i should have won a 50 at memphis in his car but he came over and they were wanting to play cards. I'm like, guys, I, all I can hear is the voices in my head. I got to go somewhere where there's noise. We can't play cards. So <laughs> we went to, to basically a B-dubs and locally and, and took the, uh, Madison took the iPad and we were watching it on, on the iPad and, and Kastner won again. And then, so all of a sudden he's in the semis and he's got to run, uh, I should never forget this gentleman's name. He sure helped me out. But anyway, he ran the guy that won and he's backing up and his fuel fuel cap come off. And I'm like, are you kidding me? He's getting ready to get a break single into the finals. And they stopped the dude and they put his fuel cap on and wiped it up and they gave him a thumbs up. And I'm like, well, at least he's going to run. 
and the dude's double O dead on. This, <laughs> I mean, I couldn't believe it. So anyway, and that was one of those things. I grew up here. So my dad's a barber. Come here today, and I grew up in Central City, Kentucky. It's a town of about five thousand people. And I gave a speech at the Rotary local Rotary Club today that uh, you know how I literally the town was so small when I grew up. I walked to school every year. I mean. It was within half a mile of my dad's barbershop. I shine shoes. But the only the way I got out here was I read National Dragster and saw all the cool stuff and the, the cool venues. I mean, Pomona with all the mountains in the background and, and seeing all the cool guys. Bubba Corzine in a comp car and cool trophy girl with high heel shoes on. And in the 1970s and 80s, everyone had high heel shoes around here, man. I'm like, I don't know what I got to do to get out here, but I'm going to do that. <laughs> And it got me out of here, and then I met really cool people. And, and I bet my story's not a – I mean, it's different, but probably not a whole lot different than Luke's in the point of wanting to make it. And obviously, Luke's done a lot better job than I have. But what it did for me was it, it introduced me to people that uh, taught me that, you know, I need to get a good education. So I went to college and graduated college, and I needed to get in business, and I needed to work hard, and I needed to make smart decisions. And and uh, without drag racing, I, 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 I'd probably – Ultimately, if you look at the money I've spent on drag racing and how much I've won, anybody in the world with a calculator or or any math yeah. skills at all will tell me it was a been it's been a stupid decision. But when you, <laughs> you look never at do everything, that. <laughs> if you look at everything that it's that it's got, I would not be here without drag racing. Not even talking about winning the world championship, but I wouldn't be at this point in life because I wouldn't have met the people that I met that that showed me that you can. If you go to college, you work hard, you can make it. And so I, I, I owe a lot to drag racing. Lenny, shout out to John Richardson. That's the name you were looking for earlier. I just looked John it up Richardson. for you. Yes, John Richardson. <laughs> Thank you, John. I, I owe you. If I ever see you, dinner's on me, sir. Dinner's on me. You did a good job. Lynn Ellison, you have done some special stuff in your racing career. We touched on a little bit of it. Like you said, national event wins in three separate categories winning the sports nationals at home earlier this season. You've won Indy, you've won big dollar bracket races, but now looking back, does anything come close to comparing to winning that championship? You know, Indy was really special. I don't think that, and in my career, complete without either one of them, but that's, uh, Indy was really special. I've got one of the old B&M shifter trophies. I mean, that's, you know, from the the ten gram Ben M races back then, in like two thousand or something, that that's when I was really hurt. Those were really big races. That's really special for a guy. And but no, the the championship is really special. But what I'm most proud of with my racing career is I've won on the top, I've won on the bottom, I've won on Pro Tree, and uh, you know that just being able to do it. All, I mean, winning. Winning on the bottom, I think, is really hard to do and really special and, and winning bracket races. And, and I'm not the greatest, and I'm not good at hot, big-money bracket racing because I don't like the marathon stuff where you just got to sit there and you got to be so great every every round and be so focused. I still enjoy spending time with my kids and family. And, and I know you do it the big-money bracket races stuff. I mean, but, but if you go to one of those, it's, it's from 8 o'clock in the morning until – two o'clock that you have to be really be focused to win it so but now i'm very blessed and very lucky and but i'm i'm i guess i'm most proud of being able to to show people that you know if we're talking about my career that i've won in in a lot of different genres of racing you talked about it lynn a little bit but your reference racing with your daughter madison you know she also competes in top dragster as you mentioned as you stole her motor and then had to put it back in. But yeah. How special is it to be able to, to not only compete together as a family, but to have your wife and your daughter share this success that you're having? I wouldn't be doing it without them. It's that simple. My wife and I have been married 25 years this year, and uh, that's probably the thing I'm most proud of in my life right there. And uh, that's The day that we got married was the best day of my life. I mean, the children being born was great, but without her, they would have been born. So that was the best day of my life. But um, being able to see it in Madison, I don't know if anybody that's been around Madison has seen the work she does. And that's because I'm such a horses rear into her and make her do everything. She doesn't 
just get to walk out of the motorhome, get in the car and make a run and come back and go in the motorhome and text. She, she wants fuel in her car. She has to put it in. She wants a battery charge. She has to do it. If her transmission breaks, she's the one that's going to have to, I'll dive and take the transmission, the torque converter bolts out, but she's got to do everything else and I'll help her. But she literally does it. And, and seeing the kind of effort she puts in it is unbelievable. And her compassion for the sport and, and we had a heart to heart one time and I said, what's going to happen when, I mean, I've been hard on her and made her work. And, and, uh, Shannon says that told me she wouldn't, that I've been, made her work too hard. And I'm like, what's well, real simple. If Madison's going to race, if I pass away tomorrow, is she going to quit racing? And the answer was no. And I'm like, then, then I have to teach her how to do all this. And if I don't do it, then it's on me. And so I've really made her work hard and she drives the rig and she loves the rig. And so to be able to do that's really special. And I've got another daughter, Mallory, and, and, uh, she's awesome. And, She's actually a normal human. She doesn't really like drag racing. She's a normal human. We're, <laughs> we're not normal people. But anyway, but without doing it, if without Madison and Shannon, and uh, I just, it just wouldn't, I realistically would not do it. At this point in my life, I would have before, but at this point in my life, find different things to uh, blow way lots of money on. i'll wrap this up by taking this in a completely different direction you had mentioned a a little bit earlier about some of the specific challenges and and the dynamic that goes into bracket racing in the low six second zone at speeds exceeding 200 miles an hour if you could pick one after you know several seasons now in the top dragster category what is the biggest challenge to competing in that class that you maybe wouldn't have realized before you did it, or certainly the average quote unquote bracket racer that's never been that fast and never competed at that speeds would have no idea about going in. You really have no idea how finicky the cars are. And if you try to take one degree of timing out too much, how it'll burn a piston, or if you try to turn the nitrous on, a tenth of a second earlier, you shake the tires, or, and it's just the cars and the tune-ups are so finny. Our car basically—I know this is going to sound crazy—we run a lot of the same converters that Pro Mods run. We're doing with our gear ratios the same stuff Pro Mods are to go this fast, and and they're faster. I get that, and they have more power, but we're doing a whole lot of the stuff that Pro Mods are doing that and top dragster to go as fast as we're going. And the tight, we have to run, we probably have a 3000 stall converter in it. Our cars won't hardly do a burnout because they're so, when you turn the nitrous on, they leave on nitrous. So all of a sudden they're now 6,500 converters because we're leaving on 500 shot of nitrous. So you go to do a burnout and the stupid things won't even do a burnout. Cause I got a 1100 horsepower engine with a 3000 converter and a 370 gear it won't turn the tires, you know, <laughs> it's crazy. So that's the biggest thing is how finicky they really are in trying to get them down the track consistently where it's, well, it's just go look at them. I mean, it's, there's a handful of people who can do it, but a lot of people that are really good racers struggle with it, with doing it. So. Yeah, and it's come particularly in, in your neck of the woods, it's come so far in such a short period of time. I mean, you guys are going, what, close to a second faster than what to what it took to get in the field six, seven years ago? So that's a big jump in a short period of time. Go ahead, call your shot. You can repeat this thing, or what are your plans for 2018? Are you just going to make a run at it? I'm sure I'm going to make a run at it, but right <laughs> now, if I had to go racing, I mean, I haven't looked at the cars. We took the engines out, and they're sitting there. Uh, it takes so much out of us to go run like we did and I'm wore out. I'm still wore out with drag racing. Um, and I do this every year when it when I put a, cause we put everything in it. I mean, yes, I took care of business and I took care of my kids, but I didn't take care of my friends as much as I needed to. I didn't take care of my marriage even as much as I, I our focus was on drag racing and every waking moment and everything was on drag racing and it takes so much out of us. And I'm blessed that we can do that. And it takes me a little while to get back. So 
do I think that we can do it again? Absolutely. I don't know that I'd bet on me this year. If I don't, if I don't race for a, a year or take a little time off and really get the fire again, then I think I really got a shot. But right now, and and I might come back. It always does. But Luke, I, let me ask you that question: Does it ever take anything out of you whenever you really put everything into a season? Yeah. No, I was gonna say like that's really good perspective that I, I don't I don't know if it's common or not, but I have definitely had the same feelings and for you to be able to articulate it the way that you just did and have the self-awareness to realize, look, I, I need to take a step back and focus on some other things or, or reprioritize a little bit. Like that's pretty cool, man. Thanks, man. Well yep, yeah, I'm glad I'm not the only one then. <laughs> well Lynn we appreciate very much you uh, coming on the show and sharing your magical 2017 season with us. It's, it's been uh, a great interview and awesome talking to you, but we wrap these up a little differently on the sportsman drag racing podcast. We like to take five shots at you rapid fire style, just uh, try to take your thinker away and you just give us your, your quick response to it. Are you up for that? Awesome, man. Can't wait. Island sliding scale. What's more fun. The race or the party? Party. You can purchase a thousand acres of land anywhere you choose. Where is it? South Florida. If you had to pick one, what store would you say that you shop at the most? Amazon. You love to win or you hate to lose? Hate to lose. If you were a superhero, Lynn Ellison, what would your powers be? Bringing peace to the world. Oh, nice way to wrap it up right there. Peaceful <laughs> Lynn Ellison, the 2017 NHRA Top Dragster World Champion. It's been an honor to have you, Lynn. We appreciate it very much. And uh, hopefully we get to talk to you again for another magical season in 2018. Perfect, guys. Thank you. It's been an honor. We'll listen to your show faithfully and uh, really appreciate it. And hi to all my fans out there and hi to all my haters. Have a great day, guys. Thank y'all. <laughs> Likewise. See you later. 2018 has more big dollar bracket events than ever, and those events feature bigger purses than ever. More racers than ever will win life-changing money and be lauded by the sportsman drag racing community in 2018. The opportunities presented to the big bucks racer, touring or regional, this upcoming season are unprecedented. What does that mean? It means that we need, as racers, need to take advantage of the opportunity by turning over every rock that we can. Pay attention to every detail. That's what This Is Bracket Racing Elite is all about. Look, if you've entered some of these events, you're serious about your racing and you're good at it. You don't need a 180 degree turnaround in your racing program, but a simple one degree, two degree course correction could make all the difference and give you the edge that could be could prove to be worth thousands of dollars. This is Bracket Racing Elite can provide that. We've done so for hundreds of racers just like you. Learn more by visiting thisisbracketracing.com. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. To make sure that you're the first to know when next week's episode is available, subscribe. And, and, and you can do that on Google Play. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that wherever you are accessing uh, our show today. Just subscribe. That way that you know that you have got the latest uh, edition of the podcast. You'll be the first to know. And do us a favor. Tell your friends about the podcast. Get your track involved by broadcasting portions of the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast over the PA on race day. Memorial Day weekend, Memphis International Raceway will play host to the Great American $20,000 Bracket Race and Dream Team Challenge. This man will have something for everyone. It's boasting payouts of $10,000 Friday, $20,000 Sunday, and $10,000 on Monday on the box side, while the footbrake contingent will race for $5,000 Friday, $10,000 Sunday, and $5,000 on Monday for only $200. Saturday will feature the first ever Dream Team Challenge. This race will consist of 32 teams on the box side, 32 teams on the no box side and 16 junior teams. They will battle it out to find out who has assembled the ultimate dream team. They'll be making, taking alternates. If you'd like to get on the list, 
even if you're not competing in the dream team race, there's plenty, plenty to be excited for. With the big money on Friday, Sunday, and Monday, check out the Great American Bracket Race Facebook page for complete details. Honey, where are we racing next week? It's time to discuss next week's major events, news, updates, releases, and announcements. It's What's on Tap! Currently, the AHRA has issued a $10,000 bounty for anyone that is an AHRA member and wins Supergas at this weekend's NHRA Winter Nationals at Pomona without the aid of electronics. To find out more about the bounty or other exciting happenings within the AHRA, such as their stock sale or the new GT classes, check out www.ahraonline.com or look for them on Facebook. Big Jed, we have a big week ahead. We actually get to talk some racing on next week's podcast. Uh, We were excited. We thought we'd get some NHRA action out west in addition to some bracket racing down along the Gulf Coast. We just got unfortunate word that Uh, The Southern Big Buck Nationals that we've talked extensively about over the past couple of weeks down in Belle Rose, Louisiana. This weekend's event has been at the very least postponed, possibly canceled um, due to weather. So that's a bummer. But uh, as more information comes out, if they reschedule that event to a later date, uh, whatever happens there, we will be sure to keep you abreast of that here on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. But next week, we will get to discuss what happens in Pomona. Yeah, looking forward to that. Maybe uh, Team G had to get a good start on Team Luke out there at the Winter Nationals. Um, hoping for a good start, but it looks like uh, looks like that's going to be a great event as always. And um, looking forward to seeing how that plays out. And I really hate that about the Southern Big Buck Nats. Uh, uh, Cody and Johnny, they, they've had a great event down there for the past few years, and I think it's been growing every year. So, unfortunately, weather putting an end to that one this weekend and a good call by them keep people from driving a lot of distance and spending a lot of money and just sitting there in the rain so uh but luke uh i want to talk a little bit about um spring fling a lot um that race went out for pre-entry um february the first and the top bulb side of that which was 350 entries filled up in uh uh, just a little short period of time of five hours. Yeah, that so, escalated quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well said. Uh, I mean, I mean, we know Peter and Kyle have a premier event, and and it's a awesome facility. But these sellouts are happening so fast, and um, this is their first go around for this pre-entry type event and limiting the field, and it it showed that uh, those guys really know what they're doing and putting out a great product and it filled up in a hurry. Now, the no box side, uh, I'm not real sure. I should have done some better research. I know there was 32 of those spots available. Not real sure how that turned out. I know they were halfway full in just a few hours, but I'm sure it's full or close by now. So you can check that out. Look at uh, Spring Fling events on Facebook or find them on their website, and I'm sure you'll be, get to update news. But Another sellout for them, and um, it's going to be a great event, I'm sure, when it comes around. Yeah, another quick note from the big dollar bracket racing scene. There were some rumblings over the winter, Big Jed, that the the 10-tuck series would either undergo uh, a massive change or may go away completely. Those, you know how rumors are. They, they grab some feet. Uh, but the folks down at, uh, at Beach Bend Raceway Park have at least announced their dates to let us know that the 10-tuck series will, the long-standing 10-tuck series, that's been a staple of big dollar bracket racing for a lot of years. Uh, it will return in 2018 on basically their typical dates um no details yet as to the structure so i don't know if there's any um, significant changes there but Tentuck does return to bowling green march 16th through the 18th july they've got it listed as the 5th through the 8th uh following the holiday and that that would actually be a four-day event so not exactly sure what they've they might have something up their sleeve there and that's actually i think a weekend prior to when that race historically has been, but again, no details to this point. So they're just uh, kind of dangling it out there to get us excited. And then uh, the season closer uh, down at Bowling Green, October 5th through the 7th for the 10 Tech Series in 2018. 
Yeah, Legendary Series, good to see it continuing. And, um, you know, our my buddies, the Martins and, and Nick Ross and Dwayne Martin, all those guys, Larry Martin, Chris Martin, they all went up and ran that series uh, quite a bit this year. And from everything I could tell, it was a very successful year for them. So hopefully it remains uh, intact as it has always been. But I'm sure Dallas and the gang at uh, Bowling Green will make it great no matter what they do, if they do decide to make some changes. It is. I'm probably a little bit biased because yeah, if I had to pick one single facility that, say, is my favorite racetrack I've ever been to, I think it's Bowling Green. Um, and I've had a lot of success within the Tentuck over the years. But that format, like, I love that format, that a higher entry fee, really good payback. No buybacks typically, unless there's a, a small number of cars. Like it's it's going back in time a little bit to the way that big dollar races used to be run. But I personally, I really enjoy that format. Yeah, and with the opportunity to run the the quote unquote little bucks race, if you do not perform well in the big bucks, you know it'll be a five k uh, after third round. I think they do it. So uh, really, again, legendary series at a legendary facility. So hope that continues. So, Luke, there's uh, some news come out about the, the Great American Bracket Race, too, we need to discuss. Yes, I uh, got some info from Britt on the Dream Team event. They will start taking entries uh, today as this podcast comes out on February 7th for the Dream Team weekend uh, Dream Teams. Deadline to pay up for your Dream Team is April 1st. So you get two months. Any spots not paid at that time will be offered to teams on the alternate list. So you can check Facebook for all the latest info. But if you have submitted a team, it's time to put your money where your mouth is. Now, now an interesting tidbit that uh, Britt has let us know about. You know, this is a day and time where... Um, I love this. <laughs> technology is at its peak, okay? We all know that. And people will find different ways to make their vehicle perform but there is a there's an accusation or two seemingly always around the big bucks races that somebody might not be playing by the rules so uh, Britt and galen they they have basically said put up or shut up no they're going to to have a situation if you think someone's not on up and up uh, you can put up money to have them torn down okay so if they're legal they keep your money if they're illegal uh, the protester gets their money back less a 20% teardown fee. So they're basically, again, saying put up or shut up. If if you think somebody's cheating, well, let's get it torn down and prove it. But it, it's going to come at a cost, as it should. Yeah, no, I love this. I would, And this is, as long as you've got somebody in place to tear down cars that has an idea of what they're looking at, like this is an awesome idea that I hope spreads across bracket racing, like a, a – a protest fee, so to speak. Uh, this is the next step, and this will absolutely encourage all of those people that like to run their gums, put up or shut up. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, Britt also <laughs> announced that uh, they've partnered with Wes Buck and the team at Drag Illustrated uh, to cover both of their events, or all of the uh, Great American Bracket Racing events uh both the dream team challenge and the all-state race so in addition to what's happening at the track their extensive social media coverage the um motormania tv or whatever the live feed is coming from those events also be getting some publication some some ink in uh, in drag illustrated so that's always good news and Britt wanted me to uh, or wanted us to let everybody know that we and we did talk about this a couple weeks ago that, that they've included junior dragsters in the in the dream team uh challenge and but Britt wanted to make it very clear that they made that announcement long before my rant on last week's podcast for any of you that stayed to the end last week and heard me talk about uh the necessity i feel of of including junior dragsters and what we do within big money bracket racing um at least Britt was listening because he made sure to let us know that hey uh we, we, we put that out way before they called for it. So kudos to Britt. A little forward thinking there. Good job, Britt. <laughs> uh, some big news coming up on the show, Big Jed. This is more your domain, so I'll let you take it. Yeah, we obviously had our top bulb, top 25. Um, that, again, uh, was uh, we, we went out to a panel of people in the, the drag racing community and uh, respected members of it, whether they're promoters, racers, or what have you, uh, even media. And we compiled a top 25 based on the point system that they were 
you know, if their names were submitted on anybody's list. So obviously we don't want to just limit that to the top bulb side. We have reached out to some respected members of the bottom bulb community as well, promoters, racers, and what have you. And uh, we got a list coming up in um, a, a very near future episode, and uh, it's going to be awesome. I'm going to really, uh, I think uh, Mark said we had maybe there was uh, between 85 and 100 different names on the lists that we got. So I think it's going to give us a very wide range look at the bottom bulb community and uh, get a top 25 out of that. So really excited about that. Yeah, that will be very cool. And while that's a huge announcement, that is nothing compared to the big news that we've got. We teased this a little bit earlier. We've got a new correspondent within <laughs> the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast. Is that accurate? I like that word. We, we stick yeah. with correspondent. Okay. Yeah, I think that's very official. I like it. Um, we need a name for this segment. We actually should have discussed this a little bit off air. Um, maybe maybe we can bring it up with with the man himself uh, as he comes on with us. But uh, uh, we we definitely need a name. We'll put that out to listeners too. What, what do we want to call this? Unless JJ's got something in mind. Yeah, I don't think he's named it yet. Um, and and certainly would love some feedback on uh, on our Facebook page from the listeners to to help us come up with it. But um, we won't uh, tell you exactly what it is just yet. We'll let JJ talk a little bit about that when we bring him in here shortly. But um, listeners, when you hear what JJ's um, segment is going to be about, then reach out to us on the Facebook page and make a post or two and tell us what you think it should be named. Uh, we got some uh, got some options there, and it's going to be really cool. We're going to have him on once a month, tell us a little bit about what's going on. So we'll have, bring him in here shortly and discuss it. Absolutely. Sounds like a plan. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we will be joined by the one, the only, J.J. Pennington. All right, so as we promised you, my main man is in here joining us on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast, J.J. Pennington, the, what I consider to be the best 12-year-old announcer, not only in the country, but in the world. J.J., we've been talking a little bit about it, um, Luke and Mark and myself have all decided that we need a, a regular segment with you. So you are now the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast correspondent, which is a big word for a 12-year-old, but we think you can handle it. And you're going to be coming on the show once a month, and we're going to take a few minutes to talk about something. What are we going to be discussing? What are you going to do for us? Well, I'm going to be talking about um, my top five foot brake racers of the month and stuff like that, and then my top five super pro racers from the month and then put them together in a group to make the top 10 of the month. Okay. And they don't have to be just foot bragging. They can be no box racers, but bottom right. bulb and top right. bulb. And uh, we'll, you'll sprinkle a little bit of everything in there, you know, some no box or foot break or what have you. So if I understand this right, you're going to have your top 10. Uh, it'll be five of each, five top, five bottom bulbers. And you're going to get that list. You're going to put that list together. How? Well, if somebody does good the entire month, not just at big money bracket races on Motor Mania, but races like at their home track, if they've been performing good for the past month or for a few weeks and have been winning, either winning a lot or making it down to the lower rounds and to the lower cores, like let's say somebody gets to 16 or lower than, and they're doing really well at 16 or lower and they're making there constantly um then um that'll probably make the list okay so just racers that are performing at a high level they don't have to be on uh broadcast all over the internet on motor mania tv they can be racing at our uh, home track a holiday beach raceway or they can race at luke's home track of i-57 drag strip they can race at mark's home track of keystone raceway park in pittsburgh so it doesn't have to be the biggest, baddest races in the country, although uh, there'll probably be plenty of that yeah, yeah. That, that'll make your list, but mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be that. So pretty much what you're saying is everybody's eligible. Right. Everyone that is, anyone who's everyone is eligible. 
Everyone not named what is eligible? Luke and Jed. Okay. So Luke and Jed are not eligible for your list because we don't want any home cooking, although you and I both love home cooking. That's obvious by looking at us. Huh? But we will not be choosing Luke and Jed. But now I'm in Mark Romeo. He's uh, right. He is our uh, he's our main man on the podcast, our uh, assistant. So he'll he'll be eligible. Right. Mark will be eligible. Right. Mark performs well a lot, so right. we'll leave him on the list. But Luke and Jed's out, unless we maybe do something really really big, right. then we might can make your list. Yeah, unless you win a race on Motor Mania TV, that might yeah that might make it. Yeah, so you put me on the list if I do that. But what's the chances of that? You know what I mean? Well, so, I mean you made it to a few. You made it to the lower rounds of the. Quite a few races this year, so. Yeah, well, you know, everybody has their day sometimes. So now I want you to to know that our listeners have a, a lot of passion about the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast and the information that we put out there and the list that we put together. They are very passionate about that. I, I can't stress that enough to you. <clears throat> so you could possibly receive a little pushback a little blowback about somebody that didn't make the list do you think you prepared for that you're only 12 so can you handle that or? well i mean i don't really understand what you mean by pushback so um people gonna get upset oh well i mean i can understand that and there may be some honorable mentions that didn't quite make the list but performed well okay. and um Hey, we're going to have to cut you off at some point, JJ. We can't have 200 honorable mentions every month. I know, I, I know that. <laughs> I understand that there can't be that many, but. But I think it's also possible that you're 12 years old and there's just a slight chance that you could miss somebody's good performance right. in all of drag racing. Right. So I think um, what we need to focus on, you and I, uh, and I'll be glad to help you as I always am, but. You and I need to focus on making sure that we don't make this our favorites list or, right. or JJ's favorites right. list. We need to really focus on racers that are performing well performing and, good. and make sure we give everybody a fair opportunity. And I'm super excited if we're reaching out to our listeners to try to name this segment. So if you were to pick a name, I know I'm putting you on the spot right here. We haven't even talked about this. If you had to pick a name for this segment, what would you call it? All right. JJ's top ten. JJ's top ten is uh, is a very simple name yet very fitting. So sold. <laughs> we'll put that on the list. Our listeners are going to tell us what they think it should be as well, and um, we, we're going to. I'm sure we're going to have a great time with this. It's going to start. Uh, when are you going to do your first segment? Well, um, hopefully around next month or so, somewhere in there. Around the end of March, yeah. Once we get some good racing going and we get some top performers, it's going to make you list. So JJ's top 10 or whatever we call it is going to happen at the end of March, and you're going to be on with us every month, once a month. I'm super excited about that. Hopefully you are too. I know Luke and Mark's ready, and we're going to have a really good time with it. I'm ready. Right. JJ, this is a big responsibility, man. We, we've never, you're the one and only correspondent on the one and only Sportsman Drag Racing podcast. It, it's the most listened to Sportsman Drag Racing podcast. It's the best Sportsman Drag Racing podcast. So big responsibility, man. We are super excited to have you. Well, I do have one question, one, one clarification. And I assume you've thought about this and you may have made it clear. I wasn't paying attention, but your top 10 or, or your top five in each class is it going to be like a list of these are the five guys that are the hottest five guys or gals, I should say that are the hottest, or is it going to be an actual ranking? Like here's number five, here's number four on up. Mm, good question. It's probably going to be who's been the best. Like, yeah, like a ranking from five, four, three, two, one. I like it. The two classes for who's been performing the best in those classes. So it's kind of like your top dog. I mean, you're going to, when you get to number one, that is your, that's your mainest racer right there that's got it done. Mm -hmm. Mainest is not really a word. Don't use it. <laughs> so, man, I'm excited. Uh, I mean, this is a lot of pressure on 12 year old. Are you sure you can handle this? Um, I think I'll be all right. <laughs> you, if you think you're all right, I trust that. I'm there to pick you up when you fall. So if, if we come up short, then. I'll take all the heat for it. We're going to have a good time with it. All right. Well, JJ, thank you for joining us. Look forward to your segment starting at the end of March. And uh, you can get back to playing some door slammers and 
eating macaroni and cheese or whatever it was you was doing before I called you in the office here? Uh, basically nothing. Okay, perfect. Uh, we're, we're both really good at that. So. All right. Thank you, JJ. We appreciate it. You're welcome. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. I want to say thanks to our great sponsor, Seabrook Performance, the AHRA. This is Bracket Racing Elite and the Great American Bracket Race, and uh, certainly our guest, the 2017 NHRA Top Dragster World Champion, Lynn Ellison. Great interview with Lynn. Really appreciate him coming on. And certainly, last but not least, my main man, JJ, introducing his new segment here on the podcast. Going to have a great time with that going forward. Uh, guys, be sure to tell us what you think. You know, message us on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Facebook page. As we mentioned, uh, we'll want you to reach out and uh, tell us what you think the name of JJ's segment should be. And as we get that going forward, you know, if you're a racer out there that has had some good fortune at your home track or uh, on a, certainly on a national level where the big money bracket racers are being done. So reach out to us and let us know, uh, put a hashtag JJ's top 10 on your post and uh, let us know how you're doing. See if we can get you in front of JJ and make his list. And um, certainly want you to reach out to us on Twitter. Luke and I both are uh, on the tweet train. So look out for him as Luke Bogacki, at Luke Bogacki, excuse me, B-O-G-A-C-K-I. And I am at JP11X. We'd love to hear from you on Facebook or Twitter. Reach out to us. And I look forward to talking to you guys again next week. Banging on the door, bump, bump, bump until I get it in. Attitude like I am already winning in. Foot breaking in anything. Bottom bobbing for a 10. I'm rolling in the cutty switching feet like Jerry Secret performance, who's hot? Secret performance can handle all of your engine needs. And if you are looking for a 41, what is that? Oh, man, I messed that up already. My phone blinked. Memorial Day weekend, Memphis International Raceway will play host to the Great American $20,000 Bracket Race and Dream Team Challenge. This event will have something for everyone. Boasting payouts of $10,000 on Friday, $20,000 on Sunday, and $10,000 on Monday on the no-box side while the foot break... Oh, shh. Man, I'm terrible. I'm terrible at this, Mark. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is at each event, there are a hundred plus entries, there's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.